When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. The panel. It is panel time this morning, of course. Uh, we've got Ross Carl and Brad Lewis with us this morning. And uh, Ross Carl, of course, uh, with the Sky Television, has a very successful podcast in his own right. Uh, Ross, uh, rugby has been the flavour of the day for us as we look forward to the Crusaders and Blues at a packed Eden Park tomorrow night, regardless of the result. That is great for the game. Numbers and sellout signs. Absolutely. I just don't remember an excitement or a buzz like this, Smitty. When you think back over the years going into Super Rugby Finals, often, you know, when they've been in in Crusaderville, and I'm sure that people in Christchurch won't like this, the stands haven't been sold out. You know what I mean? Like, it hasn't been as buzzy, and that's in a much smaller stadium. I I just think this, when we look at these two teams, we look at the lineups and the quality across them, the international prospects, just how well they've both played in recent times, it is just a tremendous final probably the most excited i've ever been for a final yeah uh, i've got to say uh, i am too i won't be involved so i'll be watching it from hawks bay but i am looking forward to it immensely um because i you know it's it's not necessarily the one everyone wanted because as i pointed out very early on the show i mean there's a lot of fans of other franchises wanted their lot to be there but uh, i think it's the one everyone expected ross uh, if i if i ask you for a prediction or which way you think it will go what do you think my gut says Blues. Uh, they're on a run. They've got quality players. They've got a freshness to them. And it just feels like their time. It's one of those kind of intangible things. You know, we, you look at that team and you look at the, the playmakers they've got, the key personnel, Bowden Barrett obviously has won it before. People like Luke Romano in there who, who know what to do against the Crusaders because he's been in there for so long. Same with McDonald. Coventry's done it with the Chiefs. There's know-how in there. Even RTS knows how to win on big occasions in rugby league. So there's... A huge amount of know-how in that blue side. I think the key difference for me, while both sides have got really good backlines, is probably playmaking loose forwards in the blues. I don't think the Crusaders have an answer to Satutu and Akira Yuane if they get go forward ball, because those guys are so destructive and so skillful, and I don't think the Crusaders' loose forward trio has quite got that in its arsenal. Okay, interesting point that. Um, yeah, uh, can they break them down? That's the key for me. Brad Lewis uh, joins us uh, this morning as well. Brad, how do you see it going? Oh, uh, a bit nervous, really. I've been a long-time blue sufferer. Uh, and the the thing that sticks with me is the last 20 minutes, last 30 minutes of the Blues Crusaders game from earlier in the season and also the second half last week against the Brumbies where if you deny the Blues possession... Uh, and you put pressure on them, they do concede a lot of penalties and they give away good field position. Their defence is fantastic. It takes a, a lot to crack them, but 
uh, until the Blues beat the Crusaders when it matters most, um, I've got to lean towards the Crusaders because they know how to win these big games. You know, like uh, Ross made great points about the Blues players in that team uh, that that have won big games, but just you know, Scott Robertson knows how to get his team prepared for these big games, and uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm I want the Blues to win. Obviously, I'm a massive Blues supporter, but the, the, they need the Blues need to prove they can beat the Crusaders when it matters the most. Uh, Brad, you've just uh, basically... Yeah, certainly. Sorry, mate. Um, Just picking up on what Brad said, and and then probably a key point looking at the weather tomorrow night, is it looks like Mm. it's going to start raining at about 6pm. And one of the things the Crusaders do do very well is play without the ball in the wet and put the other team under pressure and make them make the play. And that could be the key thing on whether the Crusaders or Blues win tomorrow night in those conditions. In the dry, I think it would be Blues. In the wet... There is probably more of a leveler there because the Crusaders go so well. And saying that, Bowden Barrett in 2016, some amazing jobs in the wet with the Hurricanes. So you know, it, it is an interesting interesting point that Brad makes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ross, you bring up a good point too because last weekend, uh, of course, in Christchurch, it could not have been more unpleasant when that game kicked off. Uh, and the conditions they defended in uh, without the ball, uh, Crusaders were uh, simply unbelievable on that occasion. Can they produce another defensive effort like that? Do not know. Uh, Brad, I was just going to say you uh, basically just got back to New Zealand after being uh, in Australia uh, following some boxing and uh, Andre Mikhailovich uh, expected to join the top 15 middleweight rankings following that third round knockout the other night. How impressive for you? Oh my goodness, this kid has something special uh, fighting out of Peace Boxing in West Auckland. Uh, uh, I've watched Andre's last three or four fights, and they've only lasted a couple of minutes. And again, uh, you know, a three-round fight the other night, and it was an awkward fight for him against Astana, who's a who's a veteran of 36 fights. And Andre, in his uh, 18th fight, took a round and a half to sort of get it, get his range. But once he did, this kid can hit uh, with a with immense power and finish the fight with killer instincts. Uh, that is, you don't see a lot in that division. You know, like it is a it is a boxer's division. It's a 12-round decision division, and to have that kind of power will take him a long way and, and you're right, he'll have a ranking in the IBF and WBO uh, early next week, uh, which will only lead to, him to to big fights. I know that the Lonergan camp, he's looked after by DNL events, are looking at Michael Zarafa, who's got a massive profile in Australia. There's also the potential uh, and Eddie Hearn was ringside on, on uh, Wednesday night that um, if he can make a deal with with Dane Lonigan, you might you could see Mikhailovich end up on the uh, on the big card, the matchroom card in Australia later this year. Uh, and uh, by all accounts, Eddie Hearn extremely impressed with Mikhailovich as well. Although you know he is locked into a long term contract with uh, Dean Lonigan. And Brad, uh, that brings me to the other point that he is on the card of Dean Lonigan's fight for life as well as, uh, and correct me my pronunciation yep. here, Jerome Pimpalone uh, is on there as well as an, another exciting prospect here, yeah, Jerome. Yeah, Jerome also fights out of Peach Boxing. Uh, he's fighting on that card too. Uh, Andre's fighting Francis Winyata, who fought on the on Wednesday night as well and looked pretty good in defeat. So that's actually an interesting fight for Andre. But yeah, Jerome is probably even more of a prospect than, than Andre, certainly through amateur ranks and now into the professional ranks. Uh, Dean's got a couple of really good young studs fighting out of Peach Boxing in Auckland. And the, you know, it's combat sports in New Zealand right now, Smithy, has, has never had a higher profile. You know, we went through the days of day 
David Tua, uh, you know, in the early days of Joseph Parker. But across mm. MMA and boxing right now, we've got so many, so many promising stars in Kaikara France fighting for a title in the not-too-distant future. Just a couple of weeks away, Izzy defending his title. Um, and Joseph, you know, a lot of people don't realize this. He's a win away from fighting for a world title again, Joseph Parker. So, uh, yeah, bo- boxing and combat sports in general riding a real wave at the moment. Exciting times. Brad Lewis and Ross Carl with us uh, as we go through uh, the panel subjects this morning. Time for the 10.30 news with Araha, and when we come back, we'll look at another couple of issues. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Brad Lewis with us this morning, as uh, well as Ross Carl. And uh, Ross, uh, I guess it's quite a good thing there's so much attention uh, drawn to the fact of the Super Rugby final this weekend because the Warriors uh, have got a task up against the Panthers. Almost impossible, you would think. It does seem pretty impossible, doesn't it? Just based on form, you know, the place on the table and what we've seen from an effort point of view in recent weeks. I suppose the one thing that fans always ask is for a team, even if they're outmatched on paper or have been through what the Warriors have been through, being away from home and, you know, having another coach go and all of those kind of things, you expect to see 100% effort on the field. And I think there's a big question about whether that's been happening. So if, if we can see some effort this weekend, that's all I'm asking for. In the end, you know, they probably can't win this game. But if we see some effort and they, they stay in the match for a long period of time, that's progress and that's sad to say. Would uh, the results from here on for the rest of the season? Uh, I think it's a pretty forlorn task, actually, to hope for too much. But does that, Ross, does that influence your thinking on Stacey Jones? Oh, I think it's pretty difficult to walk into the situation he's in. Uh, I remember Steve Hansen saying the other day in the Sydney media around the talking about the Bulldogs because, of course, he was involved in in uh, consulting with them about how the first year is a building year for the coach. The second year, you get the squad that you actually want, and the third year is the year that you make your attack. So, I think to to go against Stacey this early would probably be a little bit knee jerk. Um, you've got to give these guys time to rebuild a club that's really been in dire straits for a couple of years, as far as you know, its performances haven't been as good as they should be when you look at the people they have on paper. Brad Lewis is with us as well. Brad, uh, your expectations for the Warriors tomorrow? Uh, yeah, look, uh, well, I was in Australia and on, on during the week and the Bulldogs upset Parramatta um, in a result no one saw coming. A 16-point uh, favourite with the Eels going into that game. So take some inspiration out of that, like if you're the Warriors and, and you're Stacey Jones. Look, you know, these teams that are struggling can beat the better teams in the competition. Parramatta have been a top-four team all season. So that's where you take your inspiration from to know you can do it. And there's some quality players in this Warriors side. You know, premiership-winning players, players who have played international football. You know, Sean Johnson, a former number one player on the planet, won the Golden Boot a couple of times. The players are there. They just they just need to have some sort of self-belief. Stacey Jones needs to unleash the shackles. And he's made it pretty clear, Stacey, that he, he doesn't want the job long-term. It's never been a goal of his to be the long-term Warriors coach. I mean, I guess if he has some success, maybe he'll be, he'll be swayed by, by the opportunity moving forward. But, yeah, uh, my expectation is, like, like Ross, is, is compete as, as much as you can and, and get, get at least to the last 20 minutes with a chance to win. And, and I can think fans will be happy with that, which is, which is a real disappointment. But take, take some inspiration from the doggies because they proved that a lacklustre team can beat a top team in this competition.
Well, the Dragons upset the Rabbitohs uh, last night. I, I think that you yeah. agree that that was an upset as well. Uh, uh, Brad, and also uh, during this week, uh, of course, the naming of the first uh, Kiwi squad for the year, first uh, Kiwi squad for quite some time, actually, uh, to play against Tonga, and that's not too far away. Um, so Michael Maguire coming up with a side that had only one warrior in it. Surprised about that or not? Not particularly. It's an informed team as well. If you look at that side, also congratulations to to Tamari Martin uh, with his comeback and ascension back to the Kiwis ranks. But the the potential thirteen that he sticks, that Maguire can stick out on the field to start that game looks pretty impressive. Joey Manu, one of the form players in the league, playing at fullback is is exciting. And yeah, I'm not not surprised at all by by the one warrior in that team. Uh, that that could change in time if some of those players come into a little bit more form. Uh, but I just think it's exciting. That, that Kiwis Rugby League is back uh, and it's against Tonga who, who also have a quality lineup on the park um, but I think it's a very exciting squad that, that Maguire's picked full of players that are performing at a very high level for the NRL clubs Nice acid test for me too, uh, this Ross Carl because uh, we're talking about a sellout here at Eden Park tomorrow that's been confirmed but uh, New Zealand against uh, Tonga at uh, Rugby League, the Kiwis against Tonga, uh, mouth-watering prospect, followed by the Warriors' return home. So a nice little acid test to see where league fans are at uh, in, the, in the fortnight ahead. Absolutely. And uh, Marty Ma, Tonga have always got great support. You know, that'll almost be a home game for them. And I'm sure that that'll be a wonderful occasion. Um, and, and the stands will be fairly full. Uh, the Warriors, you know, that's a little bit more difficult because they've got to sell those tickets. And, you know, there are tickets left to, to sell. But as you get closer, if you don't pick up your form, the hype doesn't come as well, does it? So they really need in these next couple of weeks to make a big impact to make sure that that homecoming is the homecoming that it should be because there's a Warriors diehard fans out there have waited so long for this and those key kind of 10,000 fans that turn up every week to the Warriors they love their team Um, it's the other 15,000 who turn up to Mount Smart who come and go so it's really important to pick those people up and, and get them on the ride as well Ross Carl, uh, Fox Sports are reporting that Rugby Australia are considering leaving Super Rugby altogether from 2024 for their own domestic competition akin to the NRL and the AFL. Uh, will it work? Will it hurt, uh, will it hurt uh, rugby in this country? Will it benefit rugby in their country? It feels like a shot across the bow to me. You know, it's like when an NRL player is suddenly interested in going to rugby when their contract is up. Yeah, it feels like one of those things where they're saying, hey, New Zealand rugby, this relationship's been a bit iffy. You guys are taking a much bigger cut of the pie right now. And you need to know that we're not there as of, right, you know, we will go if we need to go. And we've had some success in Super Rugby Australia, drawing fans in. Um, But I can't see them not being able to do some sort of competition off the back with New Zealand. It's got to be a Champions League style thing. There's got to be that Super Rugby trans-Tasman because they've got to measure up where they're at against the New Zealand side. Um, otherwise, how will they truly know whether they're progressing? Um, and for New Zealand, it's, a, it's a, a worry if they do end up going that way and there is no trans-Tasman competition because, quite frankly, Super Rugby Aotearoa has, has slightly drifted off since it first happened during lockdown a couple of years ago. And people have actually got really excited about having the Australian team seeing them come back and mm. having something slightly different. So if, if it doesn't happen, what's the answer? Because the NPC is probably not the answer either. So there's got to be some other way of creating a, a strong rugby competition that is high enough quality to prepare people for a, a July test series, 
but also um, brings in some more grassroots players and brings them through because if you're going to be at home, that's probably the big thing that you can do and to make sure that this is even. Do you throw away brands, super rugby brands like the Blues, the Crusades, etc., or do you add new teams to a New Zealand competition if this was to happen? It, it's it's quite difficult and it's a clever play from Australian rugby because it really has put the cat amongst the pigeons and made us question really the position that we're in. You know, it's an interesting one too, uh, Brad. I, I just wonder, had the referee perhaps awarded the Brumbies a penalty in the last minute last week and we would have having the final tomorrow night in Christchurch with the Brumbies being in it, whether these sorts of things would uh, rear their heads so quickly or still during the process of this competition. I, I just wonder um, about the, the motive here as well, to be honest. Yeah, I think you probably would have seen it more likely come out around Bledisloe Cup time. And yesterday, the reporting around $32 million broadcast deal that Australia have, and they need more money. Well, I don't know how they're going to get more money for a domestic Australian Super Rugby competition because surely the New Zealand teams are the draw cards in that as well. Uh, I'm just, I'm not convinced. I agree with Ross. I think it's a shot across the bow, and I think they're just looking for a bit more love and potentially a little bit of more money, like from from a broadcast deal with New Zealand Rugby helping out uh, somehow, or maybe maybe Sky putting some money into Australian Rugby. But yeah, uh, they're struggling. Rugby is struggling in, in Australia. Like, I, I mean, I was with a whole bunch of journalists from, from Fox Sports and, and Channel 9 and Channel 7 this week. And, you know, none of them, none of them rugby's not on their mind. Uh, we, there was one rugby journalist there from Fox Sport, and he was, you know, peeved about the uh, the penalty in the Brumbies game. But it's just their, their focus is on other things. It's on the NRL. It's on the AFL. It's on the boxing. Australian boxing right now is at an all-time high. So, yeah, uh, I think rugby is struggling for uh, commercial value at the moment in Australia. True, absolutely true. Right, uh, just before we go, Brad Lewis, a prediction tomorrow night, please. Crusaders by three. Crusaders by three. God, we'll be on the edge of our seats if that's the case. Ross Carl. I'm going to go the other way. Uh, Blues by three to five. Wow. So we could uh, potentially could even get down to an extra time situation or a, a match-winning drop goal from either Moonga or Bowden Barrett. Wouldn't that be just the icing on the cake? Fellas, thank you very much for your time this morning. Ross Carl, Brad Lewis here on the panel. Another one, of course, on Monday morning when we reflect on the weekend that is about to be. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.